Yep, it's that time again, time for another episode of Doze Knows. And this episode's being brought to you by Kona Coffee and Tea. It's where I go every single morning to get my morning cup of joe, my morning crack that starts my day off. These guys grow their coffee up on their farms, up on the slopes of Walleye Mountain, where it's brought down every day, super fresh, roasted down to the store so you guys can enjoy the freshest coffee there is in town. And it's also a great place to just go kick back, hang out with friends, meet new people. As soon as you get there, you're greeted by the beautiful girls that work behind the counter. And these girls will take care of you right off the spot. Make sure you go in there, you tell them you've heard this on Doe's Nose. And uh, don't forget to stop, Kona Coffee and Tea. And maybe you'll see me there. And while you're in Kona, make sure you go to Kona Boys. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local style activities, including historical va'a rides, paddleboard tours and lessons, and are one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kealakekua Bay. These guys are awesome. Frank and Brock, they run the stores. They've got two stores. One is down south in Captain Cook, where they have tons of gear and clothing, their own brand, Kona Boys, which you'll see everybody wearing around here. And then they've also got the Beach Shack down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel, Kamakahunu Bay, which means the eye of the turtle. It's right there at the pier, right where the tour boats come in, the cruise ships. Everybody jumps off, goes to that beautiful little beach, hits that shack. You, you know, you can get out there, you can get bikes and boogie boards and anything you need for the beach right there. You can get a stand-up paddleboard lesson, go right outside in the ocean, swim in the dolphins. I go out there all the time. I grab those paddle boards and I just paddle right out. The dolphins are everywhere. They love me. They can't wait to see me. When they come up, they're like, here, here, dozer. What's up, buddy? And they start jumping all around me and jump in the water and swim with them. And they push their little babies up to you, those little football little dolphins. It's awesome. You guys are missing out if you guys don't go and check these guys out. And, you know, they also have a website, KonaBoys.com. So if you're on the mainland, you can't make it over here, but you still want some of that killer gear, go check them out at KonaBoys.com. And great thing is, if you go to KonaBoys.com or if you go to their shop, just tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose. And at checkout, just punch in Doe's Nose, you get 15% off right off the bat. Or if you're here on the island, and you go in the store, just tell them you heard it from Doe's Nose. You get 15% off immediately. And if you're local, comma, Ina, there's a discount there too. So <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for that. You get 15% off with Doe's Nose, then a comma, Ina discount. Oh my gosh, you're almost doing it for free. <laughs> but go see Frank and Brock at Kona Boys. These guys are awesome. They'll take care of you. <laughs> tell them you heard it from Doe's Nose. Also, I want to thank my friends at Hurley. I've known Bob Hurley, the founder, for a long time. I remember the day when he started this brand in 99, and at that time, surfing was always being about being cooler than the other guy and keeping it as exclusive as possible. But with the launch of Hurley, Bob changed the perception of what surfing can be for him. It's all about positivity and making the absolute best product and empowering the next generation. Fast forward to today, and his vision has never been more relevant. Hurley makes the best board shorts in the world, hands down, no doubt about it. They have the phantom shorts, you know, they stretch all over the place, so you can tear it up, they don't bind, you're gonna love them. But there's so much more to the brand, from their partnership with Nike to the work on clean drinking water all over the world for some of these third world countries. You know, um, they've got a great, great team. Team riders like John John Florence. He just won the Eddie wearing Hurley shorts. And Chris Amore, Amayan Goodwin. The list goes on and on and on. But Hurley is a brand of now and tomorrow for surfers and anyone else out there interested in getting in the water. Go check them out at Hurley.com. I also want to thank GoPro. GoPro, those tiny little cameras that you throw on your surfboards. Um, 
or your helmets, whatever it is you're doing outside, inside, GoPro. They're transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves in their engaged in their interests, whatever it may be, from extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer. GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. For more information, visit GoPro.com or connect with GoPro on social media such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I want to talk about Deuce Gym over in Venice Beach. These guys are awesome. This is where I go to work out when I'm in California. This isn't your regular Venice Beach Muscle Beach Club. You know, these guys these guys are all about it here. They they know what they're doing. Whether you're going in for cardio or strength training with weights, you want to do CrossFit, you want to do strongman stuff, you're super buffed out, you're like, yeah, what a yoke, yeah. Yeah, well, these guys, they have it all. Doesn't matter if you're eight or 80, you can go in there and uh, just get the workout that you need to help you stay fit, help you stay healthy. And my friend Logan started this company and, and it's awesome. And the other company that he started that goes right along side by side with Deuce Gym is Original Nutritionals. These guys, once again, are not your, your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential foods and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. Logan founded this company with a food first approach working with average men and women like you and I, to the best action sports stars and athletes of the world. These guys know how to do it right. Once again, head over to OriginalNutritionals.com, grab what you need, and for listening, all you do is enter in Doze Nose at checkout, 15% off. That's 15% off with Doze Nose at checkout, and it helps you get healthy and fit in your body right and one of these days we're going to get Logan on this podcast so he can even explain how much more of this stuff works for your body and how it works in your body. He's my partner in this, this, this little thing that we've got going in here, and I couldn't have asked for a better partner. But speaking of the great thing that we've got going on here, today's episode is with a good friend of mine, Jason Shibata. And now Jason rides for Vulcan. He's a pro surfer. But he's also just got done as sideline commentator for the Vulcan Pipe Pro. Probably, I would say, the best pipe line, bonsai pipeline, pipe conditions that we've ever seen in surfing. Our boy Kelly Slater won it. And, you know, Jason was right there giving us just play-by-play on how everything was working. You know, he was with Sal Masakela that was on last week's show. And these guys just killed it. Jason's got so much to tell us, you know, how he started, where he's at now, and and what's what's his future is looking like. Um, plus a couple of little stories in there of uh, some scary pipe stories that you might want to check out. But here we go. Let's get started with another episode of Doze Nose with Jason Shibata. Jason Shibata. He is a pro surfer on the North Shore of Oahu. And you're actually from town, aren't you? Yeah, I actually grew up in Pearl City, so right in the middle of the island. And then uh, since then, I've transferred over to Kapolei. 
Nice. So I'm on the southwest side, so it's nice to be out over there. So you're pretty much just up here during the winter time for surfing and surfing contests. And- yeah, I'm out here every day making the commute in the winter season. Um, every day there's waves pretty much based out of the Volcom House. Yeah. And um, from there, wherever the waves are good, just working with our riders. Primarily the focus is with the junior team and our amateur Groms. Mm-hmm. And, they want you- and now, really quick, you're, just so everybody knows, you're the... Uh, the Volcom team manager for Hawaii. Yes, I'm the Volcom Hawaii team manager, and the focus is with like our junior, our kids, our groms, up and comers. Right, right, that's yeah. cool. You just came off the Volcom Pipe Pro, where you were a sideline reporter, and Jason, you totally killed it, dude. Thanks, I had, a, I had a good time. It's just a unique opportunity that Volcom has for me to be able to just really bring the inside scoop just having the relationship with the competitors, either be it competing against them or mm-hmm. watching them come up as amateurs. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to share a little bit of insight and really have them comfortable and able to open up a little more right. um, when they, you know, whether they win or they they don't win, you know? Right, right, right. Did you compete in the contest at all too? I did, like pretty much the night before the contest, I got a text message that, a slot had opened up just where I finished in the regional ratings because I haven't been competing full time. I just uh-huh. enter an event here or there if I can get in just because I don't have any points. And I somehow snuck into the contest and had one heat out there. It's pretty rad. I actually was in the round of 112 with Makai McNamara. Was that one of the days when it was just firing perfectly? It was the first day of the contest. So we got it when it was like six foot, just right. classic epic winds backdoor pipe is firing afternoon got a little onshore but i was pretty stoked to sneak in yeah well, 20 those, minutes out there those last two days dude were just ridiculous i think it was probably the best pipe contest i've ever seen it was it, flawless it was insane like mother nature just provided insane the perfect direction we had epic winds yeah no wind Sheesh, you know. <laughs> it was crazy. And then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. These guys were doing some death-defying death stuff. That one, I think it was the semifinals. Semifinals or the finals where Makai was just doing headers. I think it was the finals. <laughs> Semis and finals. He was just launching it. He was just going for broke. It was so cool to see stuff like that. You know, some of these younger kids growing up and... And getting out there and just charging, I you wouldn't even see me out there even close, you know. No, thank you. Yeah, the the kids these days are just they're putting in their time and and they want it, you know. They know their opportun their opportunity is right in front of them, and and you know, really stoked for Makai to make the final. I mean, mm-hmm. to be in the final with Kelly, Bruce, and Jamie, it's like yeah. that's like a dream. I know, I know. It's almost like he took John John's spot, so. Because usually it would be like Kelly, Bruce, Jamie, and John John. Totally. So it's good to have somebody else that was in there and mixing it up and giving those guys a run for their money, man. He, he got a 10. Yeah. Yep. He got a 10. He got a bunch of high nines. He put on a great performance. Really, really stoked for him. Yeah. How about her boy Kelly, though? Sheesh. <laughs> it was like watching him kind of go through the rounds and, you know, talking to him and he wasn't really satisfied and I think by having those tough heats where he had one good wave or you know he had to scratch through with a couple of for him really meager scores right I think really helped him kind of sharpen his sword toward the end going into the final and then being up against those three guys you know he wanted to win he always saves his best for the final and he definitely did that he just totally killed it it was good because he hadn't won a contest in two years, and the last contest he won was the Vulcan Pipe Pro. Wow. So it was, it was pretty cool. I was in his house yesterday, and I was looking up, you know, he's got his trophies all over the place, and he's got two Vulcan helmets up there, warrior helmets, and then he's got his Pipe Master trophies, and the guy's just a freak, freak of nature. But enough about him. We, everybody talks about him. It's just cool. I mean, it just goes to show how special Pipeline is, you know, regardless of what the rating is. Like, it's a QS3000. Mm-hmm. The points mean, you know, don't do anything for him, but just goes to show that when Slater and John John and these guys are entering an event, it just shows how. What a good event. How much they want to be there, how much they want to win it. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're in, anytime there's an event at Pipeline, 
I think everybody wants to be in it. One hundred percent. The best wave on the planet, and it's the scariest wave on the planet. You know, more people have died there. I don't think anybody's died at Chopu yet, have they? Um, there was. Was there one? Yeah. And uh, but pipe, man, that that place is vicious, absolutely vicious. And you grew up surfing it. Um, what's this? Have you had some scary moments there? I've had some scary moments. I mean, when I was. 19 i went out to surf i was in the pipe trials mm -hmm. for the pipe masters and just the morning before the contest it was like 10 foot plus and it was it was gnarly it was just big eight ten footers closing out at the sandbar so it'd be like right. big barrels in the sandbar and the morning before the contest somehow i managed to snag one pulled in the thing closed out and I was all good on that wave. I was like, oh, okay, like survived on. But the next wave, I was right there on the edge of the sandbar. Thing picked me up, slammed me on the reef, hit my head, the back of my head. No um, I didn't black out, luckily, and just had like a lot of. Did you get a pretty, concussion though? I, I don't know if I got a concussion. Like I kind of felt okay, and I surfed my heat and stuff. But ever since then, I, I decided. I was like, dude, if it's gnarly enough to where I think I need a helmet, I'm gonna wear a helmet because right. you only have one head and one brain, you know right. what I mean? And right. um, I love surfing and I I just think it just makes sense to wear a helmet. That's why I decide to wear a helmet from time to time. Right. Um, anytime it's over eight feet, like you said, it's taking lives and- Well, look I, at Jeremy Forrest last year. What, gnarly. Yeah, that was really gnarly in Indonesia and, and busted massive concussion and you know, you talk about concussions and, you know, look at the NFL. You know, they CTE, they call it. And, you know, concussions are gnarly. It's your yeah. brain, man. Yep. And, you know, these guys are getting big hits, yeah, in football. But I think surfing is even gnarlier because you're, there's so much speed, so much impact for your head to hit solid rock. Or reef. One hundred percent. Or your surfboard, your fins. Like right. Tamayo had that really gnarly That's injury, right. and uh, this winter alone, I've seen a couple of surfers that had pretty bad head injuries that kind of put them out of the water. And it's like the NFL—they're wearing helmets. I mean, obviously they're running into each other, but even with the protection of a helmet, they're still sustaining concussion. So it's just a safety thing, you right. know. And I mean, there's no shame in wearing a helmet. It's just some you know to each their own some prefer it some don't um for me personally it doesn't hinder my vision it doesn't hinder mm -hmm. my hearing and my senses are all intact so i just right. <laughs> like to come out of the water and you know not have to go to the hospital for like a gnarly head yeah. gash or yeah. something yeah what evan Gosselman? wow yeah that was heavy that was heavy a couple of weeks ago for some of you guys that don't know maybe you can kind of tell them what happened yeah he just sustained a really bad wipeout was knocked unconscious and you know by the good grace of god andre botha was there mm -hmm. and was there to kind of not only just grab him but um get him to the beach and um that's a really lucky situation a lot yeah. of surfers kind of once they go under they're unconscious the way the current works you get water in your lungs um it's hard to find you know so. yeah you know this year pipe has put a lot of surfers in the hospital, Evan Geisman, Owen Wright, uh, B. Durbage. Kiro Tohara the morning Kiro. before the contest. Yeah. So. It, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people think that they can just come right up to the North Shore and go, hey, this wave's perfect. It's barreling. I can jump right out there. But they're not really aware of what, how powerful this wave is and how powerful all these waves are on the North Shore. Yeah, fortunately for, you know, everyone's... Um, okay, and gonna make a recovery. So yeah. you know, really stoked for for Evan and Owen, Bead, yeah. Yoroto. Like, you know, thanks. We're we're really glad you guys are okay. And Absolutely. these are some of the most skilled surfers in the world. So uh -huh. it goes to show it could just happen to anyone. Anyone at any time. And um, so, what is the you know your perfect size pipe? What do you what do you like? I like six to eight foot pipe. I yeah. mean, a little bigger is fine. I. I definitely prefer surfing the contest because I'm not a super gnarly hassler or paddler. And like, 
Um, for me, it's all about respect. So there's always someone out there that's higher on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of just like to pick my spot. And if the wave comes to me, I'm going. But other than that, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty tough for me to kind of just go out there and get in the midst of it and, and, and just take my spot in the lineup. So right. I enjoy the contest. But, you know, six to eight foot plus would probably be ideal for me. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. How long have you uh, been a pro surfer? You're 35 now. I'm 35 now. Um, right out of high school, I graduated from Kamehameha. So my amateur days were pretty limited. You know, I always went to summer school just to keep ahead of the workload. Right. So like competing at NSSA Nationals and stuff, I did that like twice. Right. Got smashed in the first round every time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had really good support back then and... Uh, as soon as I graduated high school, then my mom and dad gave me the opportunity. It's like, hey, you can try this for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. um, I found, you know, some success yeah, in that to the point where, parents, yeah. yeah. So they gave me the shot. And as I started to do my thing as a, as a young pro, um, the support just kept coming from town and country. And at the time, I was with Billabong. Right. And companies like Oakley and Globe really supported what I was doing. So I was, I was fortunate. I was lucky. And I had really good mentors growing up that kind of helped set a path for me, you know, like Rail Sun and right. uh, Reynolds was a part of that, Ben Ipa, mm-hmm. uh, Kimo Middlesworth, a lot of people behind the scenes right. that really supported um, my goals mm-hmm. that I was trying to accomplish. And then uh, pretty much 17 till 25, you know, I was able to give it a good run on the QS. I was able to go to Europe, go to South Africa, Brazil, like all through South and Central America is the best time. Yeah. And I think it was those relationships that I formed with my fellow competitors. Like Mick was coming up at the time, Parco, Mm -hmm. um, Taj, um, being able to travel with Andy and Bruce was insane. Mikala Jones, Jason Bogle, like that was kind of the crew that I started with. And then as the guys got older, like Freddie P, Joel Centeo, Keiko Bacalso, right. Sean Moody, then that was kind of our little hooey. And what I had learned from those guys was able to pass on to them. And it was just rad watching Fred and Bobby Martinez kind of work their way, qualify for the tour. And, yeah. you know, despite not qualifying, it was like the best years ever, you know, like oh, yeah. learning about. Well, you're, just- one, you're so respected. <laughs> In the surf community, uh, you know everybody you. knows how how hard you charge and what a great surfer you are. So, you know when you come to Hawaii, it's aloha shibata. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You, and you do. You have some of the most aloha. You can walk down the street like today. I was walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. I look over and Jason, what's up? Yeah, you know, like being a young kid from the middle of the island, and then being lucky enough to be able to just spend time and have someone like Rail Sun yeah. say, hey, sleep over my house so mm-hmm. you can surf on the weekends and whatnot and being able to Where were to you learn. surfing, like Makaha and stuff? Yeah, surfing Makaha and Rest Camp and yeah. those kind of areas um, coming up was just like the biggest blessing that I I ever could have had and that really made me realize like, wow, like I want to be a surfer uh-huh. and I'm a surfer from Hawaii and I'm of Hawaiian ancestry and you know, I'm a Kanaka Maoli so it's my job to teach and give respect and and welcome foreign surfers there's kind of always that especially when we were younger like hey this is hawaii like beat it right versus like being able to travel to all these countries and being welcome to surf their local breaks mm-hmm. and and take part in things and what they were sharing was just like hey like we're the young generation let's let's welcome these surfers in and i think a lot has changed since yeah. And there's and it's for our kids, you know. If we really teach the kids the right way, there's a lot more opportunity. And I mean, every, no, every, it's everyone's dream to come to Hawaii. Oh know? yeah, so. oh yeah. You know, people from Nebraska, <laughs> and Switzerland, and you name everywhere it. in the world, man. Yeah. Hawaii is like the dream place to come. It is. So um, you definitely want to show a lot of aloha mm-hmm. to everybody when they come because you never know who you're going to meet. You know. Yep. And actually, you know, they could be the new owner of. Billabong or Ruka or Volcom, you name it. 100%. <laughs> I mean, even just like with the other programs that they have going on with like Mauliola or mm-hmm. Make-A-Wish Hawaii, like it could be some kids 
father who's right it's been their dream trip to come here and you show them one good time and it just changes their life you know yeah and i I actually met some people a couple of years ago and and it was just random i met him and the kid was like hey you know he was dying and he's like i've always wanted to surf my (laughs) parents brought me here just so i could watch people surf and i was like are you kidding me right now excuse me i hooked him up with cj kanuha yeah and had him take him out almost as a make-a-wish yeah. type thing. And I'll tell you what, I'm still in contact, contact with that kid and his parents. The kid's still around a couple of years later. But, um, uh, you know, it, it was the dream for that kid. Yeah, and, it's like the things that we do every day yeah. is like people's dreams. So we're really fortunate and we got to share that. And one of the things that you do is you get to work, you know, for Volcom. Um, you, uh, you know, you get to work with a lot of kids, all these kids that are up and coming in. And I know one of uh, the things that you love to do is photography. Because I remember you used to come over to Shane's Cakey yeah. Contest. And some of you guys don't even know what a cakey is, but that means the kids, our kids. Yeah. And you used to take all the photos for that. We definitely miss you doing that. You've got to get back. I do. And... Um, and you know you're just always there for the kids and you're doing stuff right now for the kids uh some of the guys that take the kids out they go serve but what are you doing for them so right now with the focus of um pretty much the juniors pro juniors and you know even the kids like 12 and under 13 14 i like to video them um Photography has always been a hobby of mine, photography and videography. Mm-hmm. And so I just took it upon myself to really just spend the time to really focus on them. Um, kids are our future. You know, they're going to represent us as a Absolutely. state and a nation. And they're going to... I was fortunate enough to have a really good opportunity as a kid to transition to a professional career. So all the things that I've learned from traveling respect and then also from coaching guys like Ben Ipa and Dave Riddle Mm -hmm. um, I give back to the kids and the best way other than just constantly like being in the ear and telling them hey focus on this focus on that is is with video and photography you show them the video you kind of point out a few things here and there but they know what they want to look like and they know what they want to improve on and so the big part of that is just being able to give them that like you're like telling them hey you need to turn your hips here turn your shoulders here Mm -hmm. you know you've got too much arms (laughs) flailing like this come on control those things and yeah just really just kind of getting to their brain you know not and not necessarily always telling them what to do but more so listening to them like hey what do you want to do and then suggesting how they can do it and it also we with the video you can look at their equipment their boards is the board too short wider thicker because the biggest thing with kids is them transitioning from board to board as they gain a little weight as they stretch out in in height and as they mature all those things are very important so with the video it's it's just priceless to be able for them to see for themselves that's really really cool um, now, you've got a few other things that are going on. Um, you're one of the first guys, you and a little hooey of guys, um, Dorian, Saxon Bowser, mm-hmm. all these guys. You guys kind of started uh, a company, and you're the marketing manager of it now, of a great sunscreen company. Tell yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to be a part of the inception of Vertra. Mm-hmm. Vertra is a sunscreen that's uh, produced to you know protect us from the elements we're always in the sun we're in the wind the rain Um, we really need to protect ourselves from the ultraviolet rays we love to be in the ocean and the biggest misconception is maybe when it's cloudy people are like oh it's i don't feel like i'm getting burnt but those are almost the most dangerous times so it was really cool to be a part of this you know to be able to build a product, not just a company, mm-hmm. but a product that can help us really enjoy what we do, being mm-hmm. in the ocean for longer. And um, skin cancer is a it's really future. gnarly thing. And um, whether you're fair skin or you're dark skin, it affects all of us. Mm-hmm. 
And so a big part of that was to really build a product that was made right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about making a company for the money. It was just more so let's make a product that can benefit ocean active people. Exactly. It doesn't wash off while you're in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, You have all different kinds. Like you have a, a topical lotion. Yes. And then you also have a stick. Yeah, so we have... Um, like Shiseido kind of started that whole stick mm-hmm. evolution of sunscreen, and then you guys took it to another level. Yeah, we, we wanted to be a face stick, sunscreen, action sports brand that really catered to the people of our industry. Mm-hmm. So not being able to support the surfers and snowboarders and paddlers and those things that really need something so we looked at a a product like Chishado and really we added and took out some things that we we really uh, broke down the components of Mm -hmm. what was in their face stick and then added the things that we felt that were important for what we needed to maybe last longer and and focus on those things so um, with having someone like Shane who's the ultimate waterman you mm-hmm. know in big surf small surf he he and a bunch of the people like Mikala Jones Daniel mm-hmm. Jones um, Saxon we really Keone Watson right. Mark Cunningham mm-hmm. these elite watermen that really were focused on R&D in the product and just really wanted to make a legitimate high quality product for people that are going to use it and now what are your models what do you what do you have so we have the Kona Gold which is Shane Dorian's signature stick okay. that's the one I use yep yeah. so that's kind of our darkest tint right now uh-huh. and it was unique that when we were creating it like we had the palette where we are matching the colors to Shane's skin tone and right. you know he added his own scent um, we also have a mixed Which fanning is what, stick. A, a boar scent? Because he's a gnarly hunter, <laughs> yeah. right? He's my, yeah. he's my hunting partner. So what is it like? It's like a citrus. and heat. It's like a citrusy <laughs> one. That might be the next one. Uh, and then mix. a camo. Camo. That's what you guys got to do. A camo sunscreen. So that while we're hunting out there... Oh, this is a good idea. Okay, don't put I this on the get... don't put this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I get some royalties out of this For one. Sure, I'll talk to Shane about that one later. But uh, no, that's cool. Um, so go ahead. Tell so me we that. have a, a Mick fanning stick. So Mick is of a um, a lighter shade, mm-hmm. and it's actually a clear stick. Uh-huh. So for and it it's also for people that want a face stick they want that coverage but they're not in they're like not in the water so or you know for the guy that goes to work he's in the office and he you know doesn't want to have that kabuki look face so he can use that clear stick be covered come in and still have that coverage right And, and that was one of the things that i had a problem with with like shishado in the beginning is i would put that on Dude, it's on my face all day long. <laughs> yeah. And if I had to go into office or a bank or whatever, people are looking at me like, ah, what's up with you? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you wearing makeup? Are you, are you wearing makeup, man. You got the long hair. Where's your eyeliner? Go with it, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that's that's a really good thing. And um, now you also have a lotion, too. Yep. So we have a lotion. Um, everybody likes having a lotion. That's kind of the most traditional way to put on sunscreen through right. the tube and those kind of things. And... Um, it's not as thick as the face stick, you know, like if you're rubbing that face stick on your arms and your legs, like that thing's just going to be too thick. So right. the lotion um, is, you know, for the rest of your body, your back, mm-hmm. your arms, your legs, your feet, your ears, yeah. and those kind of things. So um, Are you guys going to come out with a spray or anything? Have you guys thought um, about we've thought about the spray. The one thing about the spray is... Uh, um, when you have the spray, it releases like those chemicals into the air. Yeah. So we're just trying to be really conscious of creating products that, um, you know, that are well thought out. Mm-hmm. So the spray is a good thing, but a lot of things that we've researched that with the spray, um, it's something to be sure. researched a sure. bit more. Well, you, you, you know, Virtua is, it's getting everywhere. 
everywhere you go, you see it. So congratulations cool. on that. Thanks. Um, now you've got a couple other things. You, you're part of a, you started a magazine. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, so we have a magazine. It's called Contrast Magazine. It's produced completely here in Hawaii. Just myself and um, six of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have um, liked interests. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to produce something as a platform for um, a lot of our friends and aspiring artists so mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle publication has surf skate it's a it's really fashion forward photography and it really encompasses are you getting your lifestyle. photos in there as well too? i do submit some of my photos and um a few of the guys mark kashimi lance uh-huh. arinaga they also shoot photos mm-hmm. and um we also have a lot of depth of really talented other photographers and contributors cool. and writers um, that put this piece together so it's it's like a labor of love thing and it, again it wasn't something that we did to be rich you know like it was more something like hey we know all these talented people right. but we need a platform for them so right. why don't we create it and give them an opportunity to have their work showcased mm-hmm. and their story told kind of like what i'm doing with this podcast you know 100 percent. you know I, we both know so many people and everybody's like does you gotta start a podcast <laughs> you know just call it does knows does knows everybody he does so let's just <laughs> let's do it and these guys can get out there and they can tell their stories and what they're about and get asked stupid questions which we're going to get to some later yeah, i appreciate <laughs> you having me around all time <laughs> but we're gonna have fun and now you got a sunglass company too and um that seems to be doing pretty well so it's along the same lines like once i stopped competing full-time on the qs i had the opportunity through this company dropout surfboards it's a japanese surfboard brand that um shane used to surf for Uh and um they worked a lot with a lot of hawaiian board builders jc was a part of it jc hawaii Mm -hmm. that was through shane and jason kashiwai and luke short in australia peter mccabe another legendary australian shaper but after i competed full-time on the qs i really wanted to get in touch with my japanese side my father is born in okinawa and we have family in japan and i have a lot of friends through growing up here in japan and I organized the Hollywood International Open, which used to be the Marble mm-hmm. Royal, and that event was organized to really embrace the goodwill of surfing through the local Hollywood surfers and the traveling Japanese surfers. So I really just competed regionally on the mm-hmm. QS to do the Triple Crown events, and then I did the JPSA. One, to compete, because I love competing. There's no other feeling of being competitive, but then also to really get deep in the industry and the culture mm-hmm. so i started spending from like 2005 to 2010 i was spending like nine months out of the year in japan traveling through all the different places spending time with my friends and then also being able to do the business side of it so right. being able to bring the magazine to japan and then also i saw this opportunity where there was a lot of kids that needed support mm-hmm. and there was um I saw it as an opportunity to be able to bring kids in, have a business, but more so be able to extend my knowledge mm-hmm. and give them advice. Right. And so that's where Ronin Iwer was created. And again, it was kind of a labor of love thing, more so just to have these kids who weren't sponsored mm-hmm. to be able to feel a part of a team. Right. And it worked out well. We got a lot of support from the Japanese core shops. We got a lot of support from the JPSA. We actually ended up um, organizing a professional event there. Right. And um, Now, so were those in any of the areas that were affected by the tsunami? We've had shops that were throughout all of Japan. We had like over 150 doors, and a big part of that were in Sendai uh-huh. and Fukushima, right? right? near oh, where right there where the nuclear reactor is near where the nuclear reactor is and How those is are really there? strong core surfing towns really so when that hit um the, the ocean was closed right um people that were living within 20 kilometers of the nuclear reactor had to move uh, we had friends family surf shops surfers that 
actually relocated their whole families and things wow. because everything they knew, like generations on generations of growing sure. up in that town, they had to leave, which is really sad. Yeah. And then you had the hardcore people that were like, hey, you know what? This is where I'm from. This is where I'm going to pass on to my kids. So right. we're staying. Wow. And that's kind of how it is with the Japanese culture. And that's tough because you're staying and you're saying, hey, I want to pass this on to my kids, but you might not be able to have kids or pass it on to them after that. Exactly. But that's just how the Japanese culture is. Huh. Um, and so um, since we have a few f friends that have kind of still in the area mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then with Sendai, which is where a big the big part of where the tsunami hit. Right. So the Fukushima is a little more south. That's where the nuclear reactor busted. That's where you have the water leak. Tsunami right. affected it. But more north than that is Sendai. Okay. And um, that's where the tsunami was the biggest. And so I, I heard yesterday, it was either yesterday or today, a volcano just erupted right next to Fukushima. I don't know. I've never been over there, so maybe well, you know that. Yeah, volcano. I didn't know that. I. I have to check out. Yeah, I was also things. reading one of the cool things was, uh, I, we talked about this before we started the podcast, but uh, it was just a little news clip of how these, these uh, Japanese college students wanted to go talk to people, see what kind of weird, if they've had any weird experiences, you know, since the tsunami and everything. And uh, they come to find out that 10, a lot of people would not even talk about it. These two, they went to nothing but taxi drivers. Uh, but they found that, that 10 out of 100 were willing to talk. Mm -hmm. And they all said that they had ghosts. They would wow. come across ghosts. They would jump in their taxi cabs and say, hey, take me to this place. Um, and then before they got to the place, they were gone. That's gnarly. Yeah, and these guys were like, what the hell? But, you know, they, they're also stuck with that tab, too. The taxi drivers mm. are like, crap, man, I just had a $30 taxi ride, and I got to pay for it myself. These damn ghosts. That's you know? nuts, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of lives were lost, you know, so there's yeah. a lot of un uneasiness, unrest in souls. 16,000 people lost their lives. That That's is... Tragic. So tragic. So tragic. And we live in a place, you know... Where I live in Kona, we were actually affected by that tsunami as well, too. And, you know, we got a lot of damage. Um, thank God we didn't lose any lives. But, you know, we're, we're in the same place, same type of region where that can definitely happen to us. And thank God it hasn't yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, our, our prayers still go out to all the families there, too. And I know you're over there trying to help and make a difference and mm -hmm. a change. And we super appreciate that, Jason. Cool. Um, Let's, uh, you know, let's, you said you've been sponsored by Billabong. You're sponsored by Volcom now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember you winning a contest at Alamoana Bowls. It was a sponsor me now contest. Yeah, that was a sponsor me van at Bowls. Like the waves are just epic, you know, like growing up surfing the South Shore. Bowls is just one of those premier waves yeah. and to have a contest there. And to share it with three other friends, four people out in the water is just yeah. dreamy enough. And oh, then yeah. for that contest, the waves were just three to four feet. The forecast was epic. Um, you know, you don't get that a lot of the time, especially like right in the dead of summer. Yeah. Actually, the dead of summer is when you kind of get a lot of flat spells. And I mean, I, that I did like a yesterday. contest there one time. Just it was a longboard contest. I remember the HLF, Hawaii Longboard uh -huh. Federation. Just so you could surf. Just so I could surf that. And I surfed against Buttons oh. and uh, a couple other guys from uh, Oahu and, and the Big Island. And it was like four feet and just perfect. You're and I was psyching. like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I'm like totally joining this. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like borrowed a friend's longboard. And oh, it's so much fun. So much fun. Um, where uh, Where's the your most favorite place you've ever been? I would say the favorite place I've ever been is Japan. Yeah. Um, you know, just 
growing up here in Hawaii, we have a lot of Asian influence, mm-hmm. just being so close to Japan and having a lot of like local Japanese, especially for, for myself being of Japanese ancestry. I really um, just, I, that, that's who I am, you know? Yeah. And of all the places I travel in the world, the people there are so respectful. Yeah. Um, whether they surf or they don't surf. It is beautiful. Um, it's it's insane. And the thing about Japan is every different prefecture, every town has a different style. Uh-huh. And they have um, different like slangs and different ways of speaking right. that people might not notice. And um, the, the contrast between the countryside and the big city, mm-hmm. um, you have the farming side, you have the fishing side. Mm-hmm. People are really, really um, proud of where they're from. Yeah. And the food is just insane. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna go somewhere, you're gonna wanna eat good, right? Yeah. So, um, for those of you that haven't been able to travel to Japan, I highly suggest it. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful countries out there that I've How ever been to. How many times a year do you go? Um, Right now, on average, I go there about three to four times a year. And yeah. then, you know, at one point, I was spending like nine, ten months out of the year there. Uh-huh. Um, just traveling throughout the different places and surfing all the different regions and breaks. Just was fortunate to have a lot of friends through growing up and then meeting people through the business and whatnot. So, yeah. um, you know, hello, konnichiwa to everyone in Japan. You know, arigato for all their love and kindness yeah absolutely you know one of the things i've noticed about you jason is you know we've talked about how much aloha you have and you know you're one of the nicest and coolest guys on the planet but you love the kids um are there any kids in your future um yeah like my wife and i talk about it Uh um we're still young so yeah there's a lot more for us to do and see um she's local japanese yeah. yeah um so you know, we've got a few things on our bucket list that we want to do first, but definitely being able to, like, raise kids of our own would would be a blessing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's hopefully in the cards down the line. But until then... all your friends are already popping out. Oh, yeah. Freddie P's got two. <laughs> they got a... Joel's got a couple, yeah. you know. Yeah, they got their own... They're working on their own surf teams already, so... Right. Um, just at the moment, I've been blessed to be able to work with... Um, the kids and really like mentor kids like Jackson Bunch from Maui, uh-huh. Keanu Taylor. We just picked up a Diesel Storm from yeah, all Honolili. Those boys, all those boys were at Chano's contest, killing oh, it. Oh, they had so much fun. Like they're like yeah. Uncle Jason. Like it was so sick. Like yeah. and uh, and it wasn't even that big this year. You know, yeah. Head high to those guys, but. Uh, yeah, we totally miss you there. And that's a big thing too. Like I really look up to Shane mm-hmm. for I've always has obviously as a surfer on being on Billabong, like, dude, I want that style and Right. And um not is he just the ultimate waterman, but he's just the ultimate ambassador, you know, like yeah. he sets a great precedence for us local surfers to look up to. And he set the bar really high, which is awesome and he's uh strong figurehead in his community Mm -hmm. and those are the things that i respect like i grew up respecting surfers based on their talent but as you kind of get older and realize that nowadays everyone's talented oh yeah it's more so what they can do out of the water and how they teach the next generation how they give back so um you know i can't give enough props to shane he's he's the man yeah this year was the 21st year um yeah, it's a long time, man. But I swear, he's had such an impact on those kids. Um, this was a special year because all the kids got together. They made a book. They put all their own photos in there. What? And then wrote in there what Shane means to them. Oh. And I, when they got up there and they handed this to him, you know, we had everybody there, you know. Um I swear I saw a tear in his eye. You know, he's yeah. just all choked up, and you know, it's and that's such a good feeling. He's so know. used to the giving and not getting. That's yeah. like priceless. It was absolutely priceless. Have you ever thought about doing a one of your own, cakey contest or? Something um, like that? I've 
I have thought about it. I dedicated like 13 of my 13 years of my life to the Hollywood International Open. Uh-huh. And um, just as I've gotten busier with Volcom and my responsibilities, I've passed that on to Jolson Tail. But I've been able to be on the giving end as far as like organizing the event. And that's cool because we've had like, that was like 13 divisions from right. 12 and under all the way up to senior grandmasters uh-huh. like Jock Sutherland and Uncle Hawaiian yeah. Kalama and those guys. And then also we have a division just strictly for the Japanese surfers. Oh, cool. So it was nice to be a part of that. And now that I've kind of passed that on, I've kind of missed doing something like that. So I've always thought about um, doing something for the kids again, like strictly for the kids. So if I do, I'll definitely let you know and people get word of that. We'll help promote that thing and I'll do whatever I can to help out. Thank you. you. I'll fly over and just... You know, I've been helping Shane for so long, so whatever I can do, you know, getting sponsors in, helping the kids, yeah. and it's so much fun. I, it's something that I love myself is is helping out with the kids, and I've got three kids of my own, and friggin', I know you're looking at me right now going, <laughs> those, you look like you're about 28, brother, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, and i got three grandkids, and <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so good, man. I love them all, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, any little bit of help you need, let me know. Thank you. Um, so Japan, you love to go to, but um, if you could pick another spot other than Japan, Indonesia. Indo. Indonesia. Yeah. I just love. Sumatra, the same thing. Bali. I love Bali. Yeah. I've, I've, I spent a lot of time in Bali, have a lot of friends there. I've been to Sumatra and been to the Mentawais and, mm-hmm. you know, been to the outer islands, but just something about the people and their connection um, now, with the Hindu is, religion. Right, is Japan hi- Hindu? Japan is predominantly Buddhism, Buddhist. Okay. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, like growing up, going, going to church and Sunday school, you know, primarily like Catholic upbringing. Uh-huh. But as you surf, I learned to realize that like religion is just, it's guidance. Right. Everyone's living to be happy. Everyone's mm-hmm. living to live the right way. Like don't steal, you know, treat others with respect. Sure. And I've come to appreciate all religions. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Balinese people live primarily, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of different religions. There's, there's Muslims, there's Buddhists, you know, there's Christians and Catholics Catholics throughout Indonesia but primarily like I just love the way that the people the Hindu people live and it's such a mellow vibe it is and I've I've gone up to the temples and and you know been lucky enough to be able to take part and see how this great country operates and, and how trustworthy they are and it's cool. I, I'm 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 a fan of just people living the right way, like mm-hmm. putting their family first and just right. working hard to earn what they can earn, and then being happy at the end of the day. You know, being content with what you have versus kind of always chasing those things that what you think you need, mm-hmm. you know, or what you think you want. But um, Indonesia's rad. The ways are good. The food's right. great and. It's just really humbling, you know, when you come back home and you have all these first world commodities and then you go there and it's just like taking a hot shower is is a is a luxury. You know, drinking fresh water is a blessing. And most people, they go to Bali and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get a sick villa, you know, (laughs) or whatever. You know, it's what I like to do is, you know, sometimes I'm definitely going to be the guy that go grabs one of those sick villas yeah you gotta have that balance yeah yeah but i like to get out there where the people are Mm -hmm. you know i like to stay in there and get to know them and and that's how you make friends 100 percent. yeah so um where do you see your future going um my future is definitely with the kids i mean i feel like i'm living the dream right now Nice. you know i've been able to surf and compete travel the world i've been raised and taught by some of the surfing's greatest ambassadors and Mm -hmm. so now it's my turn to 
give back and teach and educate and I'm already doing that you know being 35 years old I feel like I've been doing that for like the last 10 plus years and um, I just want to continue that and fortunately Volcom was they saw my passion and they listened to what I wanted to do and I'm thankful for Dave Riddle for bringing me into the program and I'm lucky to work with like an awesome guy like Ty Van Dyke mm-hmm. and the whole Volcom crew, you know, yeah. from top to bottom, from Wooly all the way down to, you know, Dave the guys Wassel. that work in the office, like <laughs> Wassel is incredible. You know, he's a wealth of knowledge on top of having the biggest heart he's, and the best spirit He's one of ever. My, my hunting partners and uh, <laughs> his freaking one-liners, dude, are classic. I had me rolling. I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't want to go outside and watch Pipe. I want to watch it on TV <laughs> yeah. just so I can listen to the, you and him and Sal. I was just rolling. You got to get him on your podcast, Wassel's one-liners. Like, that would just be... He's epic. actually the next one I'm doing. Oh, man. <laughs> Please put me on before him because his is going to be way too good. <laughs> Yours is great, dude. <laughs> this is awesome. I know every single one of our friends are going to be listening to this and and. Everybody that you know, there's we've got a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that are fans of yours, okay, all over the world, and they're all going to be tuning in and listening to this, and they get to hear the real Jason Shibata and just you know, see that aloha, that love. And uh, yeah, you're awesome, dude. I'm super stoked that you're on this episode here. And those are those. Thanks everyone for tuning in and watching. and Spread the love, spread the knowledge, you know, exactly. blast it out there so everyone can get to know more of what Dozer knows and who and, Dozer and knows. More, and more of um, Jason Chivata because there's going to be a lot of stuff here and I want to touch back with you in like a year and, and see where this has gone and see where these kids are. But before we leave here now, let's ask you a question. Have you ever seen a ghost? I haven't seen a ghost. You haven't? No. What's the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you? Ooh, creepiest thing is just some of the people hanging around the North Shore. That's pretty creepy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> you know? creepy, man. Like, <laughs> trying knocking on the door, trying to get to the Volcom house. <laughs> just to know, like, who's lurking out here. <laughs> Me. Dozer. I'm always like, hey, who's up there, man? <laughs> uh, big shout out to Kai, Bar- or Kai Garcia. Yeah. Um, welcome back, brother. Uh, love you. Love you, Kai Borg. I'm so happy that you're okay and you're gonna come back you know stronger and yep. better than ever and, and healthier and, and healthier than ever and the guy was the health, he's one of the healthiest guys on the planet too so just goes to show you that it can happen to any of us too kyborg's been a big inspiration to me like just to see his transformation in the last like 10 years mm-hmm. and um just living right yeah um has been a big inspiration so thanks Borgi, for all your love and guidance and support. Yeah, Borg, hurry up and uh, <laughs> get better because you're coming up here soon. So, um, but Jason, thank you so much for being on this podcast with yeah. you. I'm super stoked. Thanks. And uh, you want to give a shout out to your sponsors or, or your wife? Or? Yeah, first, give a shout out to my mom and dad, David and Glenda Shibata, for giving me all the opportunities I've had mm-hmm. from day one. Um, I was just a baseball kid and my dad brought me to the ocean from there it just led to having fun on the weekends to now being able to do what I'm passionate about helping kids and you know thanks to my wife Eiko you know without her support and giving up all our weekend time and weekday time traveling from coast to coast contest to contest and you know early mornings late nights so thank you Eiko and then also to Volcom for this opportunity, Riddle, Ty, Brad, Jack, all the guys at the office, you know, mm-hmm. Willie, for their support to be able to continue what I'm passionate about of working with kids and supporting the future generation. Um, Bobby Higa, Keone mm-hmm. Watson, and all of the Bags. crew at Vertra Bags. Yeah. Um, it's been a great learning experience to be able to take that side of it and um, all we being able to share in on the marketing side yeah. and help support look at the future with our kids over there and um, my crew at Contrast, mm-hmm. the guys in Japan at Ronin, and then uh, it, it's just been a blessing, you know, Blue Dot Surfboards, um, Cycle. 
And what's, uh, as far as social media, in case people want to follow you? I'm Alotta Shibata, A-L-O-T-T-A Shibata on Instagram. Okay. And that's pretty much the main one. Facebook, I post a lot of personal stuff, but yeah. mainly for the public, like Instagram's the way to go. So, you know, yeah. thanks for all your comments and your support and your likes and, um, you know, sure. just trying to share a little bit of the luckiness I'm able to live with all our friends and Absolutely. family out there. Absolutely. Um, thank you again, Jason. Uh, another big shout out to GoPro, um, Hurley, Deuce Gym uh, in Venice Beach, Original Nutritionals. You guys rock, keeping us healthy. Uh, Logan Gelbrich, yeah, you the man. Uh, thanks again, and tune in to the next episode of Doze Knows, and we'll see who I know. Any idea? Dave Wassel. Dave Wassel, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, thanks again, everybody. Big alohas. Have a great day. Aloha. Mahalo. Arigato Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows goes. And if you don't know, now you Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows goes now. Everybody knows those, and if you don't know, now you know. Everybody.